0: Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying. That's what we want. This is Bob. I'm waiting on Chuck. Chuck said, texted from the freeway. He'll be here any second. So what happens for you at home to not to get a gra- grasp of how professional we are? So... Chuck has to work till 6 in Huntington Beach, California, which is, I believe, about 36 miles from this studio. Now, 36 miles if you live in Milwaukee or 36 miles if you live in Sacramento or 36 miles if you live in almost anywhere but Los Angeles would take you, in in a rough traffic time like 6 o'clock, probably take you an hour. In Los Angeles, it takes about an hour and 45 minutes. So that's where we're at. It's 7.24. He's been driving for an hour and 24 minutes.
1: That's your dedicated uh That's Chuck. Counsel. And that's, that's why Chuck.
0: you guys at home should really give Chuck the, the proper respect. He drives three, you know, it only takes him 45 minutes to get home. So he drives two and a half hours to do the podcast, which is, I appreciate a thousand percent. Now, Mike, who's smarter and has more, leeway comes up here before traffic is that not correct michael no that's correct so how long does it take you to drive here from long beach 50 minutes an hour and 20 minutes
1: maybe hour and 20 if it's if it's after like three o'clock which it has been lately because of kids
0: and so what most people think is that the Los Angeles traffic thing is a joke on Saturday Night Live. It's not a joke. It divides families. It makes dads and moms not be with their children for hours. Most, most people I know that work with me leave their house to get to work at 9. They leave at 7.30 to drive 30 miles to work. And then they get there right at 9.00. And then when they get off at 6, it takes them two hours to get home, so they get home at 8. So how much time do you have with your children? Not much. The traffic in Los Angeles is disgusting. So I have all kinds of Bob Forrest ideas as to how to get rid of that traffic problem. One is that you can only drive on an odd day if your license ends with an odd number. If if your license plate ends with an odd number. So odd Cars can only be on the road on odd days. Even cars on the road on even days. Oh, my God. I don't know. This is... Is that... Is it him? There he is. Are you there now, Dave? I'm totally here. I'm oh, totally Oh, perfect. We have perfect Wi-Fi. Thank you, Al Gore. Oh, no. It just Thanks. went away. Hey, there you go. No, I'm here. And am good. And Chuck is here, too. Chuck's got a pee, though. He's been in the car for two hours.
2: Chuck's got a pee, then. Chuck, go take care of your business. Take care Handle of business. your
0: business. So, I just like to, the people at home to know how chaotic and stupid our lives are. As stupid as yours, Dave, and as stupid as everyone who listens to this. We're stuck in traffic. Our kids get colds. You, you, you know, you, you are my my. I went to an Orchard today to get a new hose because our hose bends. And, you know, kinks, and so you can't water and you have to walk back to where it's kinked. I got the shitty 999 hose. I go to Orchard today to try to find a hose that won't drive me insane where I give up watering the plants and then they die outside because it is global warming, regardless of what my Republican brothers and sisters want to believe. It is still 93 degrees in Los Angeles. And I remember in the end of September, it used to be cold when I was a kid. It's hotter than fuck here. Right?
2: It's cold here. It's cold today. I wore a big Carhartt sweatshirt. Get one of these fucking kinkless hoses. The kinkless <laughs> I, hose.
0: No, but I I got to go like two hundred feet, so I got to get two of them. <laughs> anyway, I went to
2: Costco. They're selling kinkless hoses a hundred feet for like fifteen bucks. I you bought kid two. Who? I'm from Manhattan. I live in the suburbs now, and I'm all kinkless hosed out. It's fucking See, amazing.
0: And this is what I think is reassuring for people that are getting newly sober. That the sober people are just as fucked up and ridiculous as the people who are new. That's what I've never understood in in my 30 years, of, 35 years, since 84, 31 years, what is it now? 34 <laughs> years I've been in the 12-step community, right? Yes. For 34 years I've watched people Whose lives are totally fucked up And they're living in a garage Or their wife just left them Or they left their wife for one of her sponsees I've seen it all That the people that have time Are just as fucked up as the newcomers But yet they act like they're not And I think the great thing about Dopey Podcast Your podcast, our podcast every Every time I Celebrity Rehab, every time I've tried to peel away the veil of fucking superiority that p- sober people have over people that are using and newly sober, you know, it just, it just enlightens people. Like, listen, I don't know how to live life. I just know how to live life fucked up without dope. And that's what <laughs> people that are, that are, that are using or trying to get sober want. And that's what they relate to. Not God and the steps and all this superiority bullshit because most of the people that proselytize that stuff are more fucked up than the people that don't that's been my experience and i don't know i wondered what your experience in new york was i mean those old new
2: yorkers are fucking miserable bastards with 30 years you got the miserable bastards with 30 years and you've got like dude i'm like i I just got my my third year in august i I got that's the longest i've forgotten was three years congratulations and like Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you guys have video? Give me some video. I want to yeah. see you guys. I don't oh, see no. I
0: we're seeing you.
2: I know, but I don't see you. And it's, oh, I okay, M-M. Mike,
0: can, you, can he see us? I thought you were looking at us. I thought you were no. looking away because you didn't like my rant against AA old timers.
3: <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I like old man. I thought it was rude when I walked in and you didn't say hey. <laughs> yeah.
2: I can't see. I see MM. I, I feel like uh, I don't know what I'm seeing. Is that it? There, yeah there we go
0: there we go here it is i see
2: hats i see chalk i see bob there
0: you go so listen so listen i used to go when i lived in new york i lived on sixth and first Ave by the mcdonald's there you know where that is in the lower east side there yeah i used to walk to is it nyu that's downtown that where the arch park is there there was good meetings there But then if I was burning for a meeting at night, late at night, there was a place down on Canal Street by the Holland Tunnel, like a clubhouse that you walked up into.
2: Midnight. Yeah. On Houston Street.
0: Yeah, on Houston. Right. And there were people in there with 35 years, Chuck, throwing chairs. (laughs) And I fucking loved it. I was like, they were not putting on airs that they have some spiritual superiority. That, That I loved.
2: Right? We're a cantankerous bunch. The old timers at midnight are like the definition of cantankerous. Well, that's but, a,
0: like I need to move to New York and go to that meeting then, because that's what I am.
2: <laughs> what? There's no. There's. There's not a lot of. Can, is, I don't know if can, it's cantankery a word. is <laughs> yeah, there, it's a word? Is, is there a lot? Not a lot of cantankery at the uh, Southern California meetings. There's a shitload of time there though, right? No. Just not cantankerous old timers. I, I think
3: there's a, there's a lot of what lot Bob of was talking about. There's a lot of Botox. <laughs> But there's also a lot of, you know. I remember when I had (laughs) ten years and I was angry. That was before I did my metaphysical, you know, transcendental meditation. And now I've got it all figured out.
0: Got it all figured out. I got my yacht. I got my. You know, it's just crazy. The difference. I
2: wasn't. I wasn't going enough. Like I, I. I found myself commuting a lot. And I would go once a week. I would go to a a meeting at uh, NYU on 10th Street. Yeah, yeah. I used
0: to go to that meeting way upstairs in a building.
2: It's in a Jewish, it's like in a Jewish library. And I would go to that meeting and it, it was, sometimes it was hit or miss and I didn't really know anybody. So it wasn't like that good feeling, but it was like young people, there was a good big book study and I, and I was losing it because I wasn't going to enough meetings and I moved to Suffolk County and there's this meeting every day on the beach, and it's mm. called Beach Bums. And it's like I go there at eight in the morning, and it's like this fucking. You're sitting in the wooden gazebo, and it's all these fucking old Long Islanders smoking cigarettes, rhyming higher in power. So my higher power wants me to have another thirty years, you know. And you get <laughs> a lot of that stuff. And, and I feel like if you get that stuff, like that's enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, that's like the the. I'm sitting there, the sun is breaking through the clouds, and there's crows and shit, and it's like, I feel good. I feel like that's when a meeting is like like water on my face. Like, I get weighed down with all the bullshit of my life between my family and my work and trying to keep Dopey going and all this shit, you know? So, how's
0: that going with Dopey? What? What? what how's it going? So, you've done, like, uh, four, you've done four? How many? No,
2: no, I think I've done nine. Oh, nine. I think I've done nine since Chris died. Um, The truth of the matter is, like, uh, every week I, like, get crazy about it. Like, I get super stressed. Like, is this the week that it sucks? Like, what am I going to do? And then, like, for, for like, a day after I put it out, I'm like, it's terrible. You know, because I'm, like, a neurotic Jew, and I I get very, like... (laughs)
3: You're like Over. one, or I am one. <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm like, I'm, I just, I just like... wanted you to own it.
2: <laughs> I'm like one in that I, I am, I'm very much like an erotic Jew, and I also okay. am an erotic Jew.
0: So, I talked to a bunch of the gals who went to school with Chris. Have you had them on?
2: The dictionary people, yeah,
0: yeah. Have you yeah, had them been. on? Yeah, yeah, they've been on. So, they they i i mean i think i kind of was as open and honest as i could be they took offense to dr drew thinking somebody got him on adderall at college i don't think
2: i don't don't, that wasn't i don't think that was the right story i hear and i love dr
0: drew yeah but he's just grasping at straws with what little he knows but something happened and then and, and you filled in the blanks when you were on the This Life podcast. That something was some sort of minor accident that he hurt
2: himself, right? I don't know. I like the way that Drew described that. Drew described his injury as like every addict who's on the verge of a relapse or who has At, a relapse. They
0: always have an accident like that. They, they, have they have always an act- do. Hmm.
2: And the accident, the specifics of Chris's accident was so stupid. I don't know if I ever told you the story. Well, I have a
0: friend who was snow, snowmobiling in Alaska at 14 years. i like, and no one was there. No one
2: knows what happened. Like, no, no. His girlfriend <laughs> was there, and he told me the story when it happened. It sounded so stupid, and I didn't even consider it until Drew had said that. What the story was, they were a, on a very, very lavish vacation in Anguilla, and they went to a gym because they loved working out together, these two. And, uh, and there's a fucking heavy bag and Chris wanted to show his girlfriend how high he could karate kick. Okay. <laughs> no. That's the story. Chris karate kicks super high and he popped a ligament in his leg. Uh. Now it's such a bullshit story after Drew says that maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. No, true. but
0: I mean, but I mean, I think we're all, if you're not moving towards staying sober, you're you're moving towards getting loaded again and then life will will pitch a tent right in the middle of it right and it, and, and make it happen right i've seen it with thousands of people so it's always with, something and the, with him but with but him here or, the bottom line is the way i go i don't care if i go to an aa meeting ever again the rest of my life i am not fucking using you understand me i am emphatic about it i've been emphatic about it since i had eight days and i've stayed like that for 23 years i don't get into all this other bullshit that everybody gets into i'm a better person than other people oh god likes me so much i'm smart I'm where does this. it come
2: from where did it's when you just, had eight days and a, you it, felt that fire what was it exactly
0: it was just what i was what i had it was the nine years of failing Because I listened to all those people about all that bullshit and I lost track of why I'm there. I'm there because I don't want to take heroin. Other than that, fuck it all. That's been my opinion for 23 years and it's worked fine. These highfalutin versions of psychobabble and and religion that everybody gets into, for me, personally, it doesn't work. I always use again. When it gets too complicated And by, by that I mean too complicated Like what is God's will Who the right. fuck knows I counseled a Catholic priest One time Bill his name was Greatest guy ever 78 years old Been a priest you know since he Never had sex I mean he and I talked About everything over a hmm. 90 day Period of time I was like do you jack off and he was like of course And I go what, what do you have To compare it to like, You know what I mean We really clicked. We really got along, right? And so he's supposed to do a third step dumb handout in the typical bullshit rehab third step paperwork, right? And on one of the pages, you draw a picture of your God. It's in every rehab in America. It's probably not in them now, but it was for, you know, 30 years. Uh And... And I used to do this step study group, and I'm sure Chuck still does. I where, don't do steps. I uh, don't do steps. Oh, you don't do them. Not in treatment. So, 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 you know, why is that? Is that is that some honorable thing that you? No, you've, because <laughs>
3: no, because that's because that's the AA. insurance won't pay. No, because for it. because that's AA. That's an outside. That's, but
2: you've worked in rehabs that did AA. Come on.
3: Well, in 1986.
2: Chuck, which center do you work in?
3: I work at Wavelengths in Huntington Beach
2: you like
3: it i love the place
2: chuck is it your wife that likes dopey yes <laughs>
0: awesome. I, I, I and have, it's chuck that did not
3: like dopey
2: <laughs> why didn't you like it well he hadn't heard
3: it that's my, why uh, my wife was going on and on about these guys and i'm going hey I, i'm in recovery too you could always you know i have I, a podcast i, 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 I guess i guess it's a lot like the wife sitting at home going what's she got that i don't have and yeah, then, yeah. and then you know, it was a huge, it was a huge deal for her when Chris passed. It was like I, I've seen we've had uh, family members like her, her grandma, and her, you know, an uncle, and these things happen, and it did not affect her as much as it affected Chris going because you know she understands the struggle. She's not, well, she's not one of us, but she she sees the struggle and for the struggle to be lost, you know, like she hugs, she hugged me and went, "I'm so glad you're still sober." And it, it, that's so cool that you guys have that kind of effect on people. Not it's only did, weird, right? It not only it's did it, it brings an understanding. And I know she's been listening since. And she's she she wanted me to ask if you're pissed off that like Vice TV is running with the dopey idea. <laughs> and, and of course he is. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> hey, I'm going to get to talk to him in real life. I'll ask him for you because I'm somebody too. <laughs> Right. Well, but, Chuck,
2: you are you are somebody, Chuck. Right. You ha- you, I just want to tell you that. And you have a recovery pod. What's your wife's name? Amy. Amy Because Amy. Amy listens to Dopey, but she doesn't listen to Don't
3: Die. No,
2: no, yeah, she, no she I'm
3: does. pretty sure that's the case. She does now <laughs> because you know I don't know, but you know, no, Chuck. Of you you you, wanna,
2: do you want to come on Dopey and you could talk to Amy through our yeah. podcast? I'm really does. Hey, that would
0: be perfect. You <laughs> hey, gotta do that, Dave. Hey, Dave. But listen, You've got a Dave, my care. Uh,
1: neither one of these guys listen to the podcast.
0: I don't listen to my own podcast. I listen to right. other people. It's for the audience, not for me. I wanna just say whatever the fuck I want and I don't wanna edit myself. And when you hear yourself say things that you wished you wouldn't have said because it made you <laughs> look bad. I don't wanna have that. I just like I'll just say what I think. People don't like it. I'll read about it on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Well, or, that's know. what I
1: do. I edit you out.
0: Yeah. Bye. And <laughs> and I trust and I trust Nate the man and Mike to make me not look like homicidally stupid. <laughs> right? Well, Which I can be. So you might you so you might take my advice, Dave, and just just edit it and fucking put it out and don't don't let it go. When it goes out through the Ethernet of Al Gore. Let it go, right? No,
2: Bob, I'll, I'll tell you, man. I fucking I'll t- I do one step better, which is we don't even edit it. We oh, just put man. it out. We don't do a fucking thing. We do the show. What we used to do is we would do the show. Chris would bleep any mention of the restaurant I work at, or, and he'd bleep, he'd, bleep, he'd bleep any mention of our last names, and, uh, and he was obsessed with bleeping the school that he went to for one year. Like, I could say it now that he's dead. Chris went, to, <laughs> Chris, Chris went to Georgetown for a year. And for some reason, he was too so much respect. Scared. Too much respect
0: yeah. for the Georgetown yeah. Catholics. He
2: fucking lived for this. And I would always make a joke. I said, don't mention the school. We'll just say it rhymes with Vale. You know, I would say that. You know, like, and, and he would always get nervous when I said it rhymes with, and I never said it rhymes with Borgetown. <laughs> <been> <laughs> um, but, but like with. With me and Chris, I would listen to the show if we laughed a lot during it. If it was like, a, like if we had a really funny time or if something really weird came up and it was like, it was like we were little kids and we did something that we thought we laughed. And then if we really laughed, I would go back and listen to it and relive it like I was a kid. Well, Reliving. especially uh, now.
0: What I'm saying is uh, especially cool, now, I wouldn't, cool. I wouldn't listen to things with Chris. And I, I've been waiting for you to get clear a certain point right which early on when we talked the days a couple days afterwards and then a week afterwards and then a couple weeks afterwards I didn't I didn't because it's critical to your sobriety I just like to pass on what I do especially people that click with me and we relate to one another really well I feel like it's my obligation to pass on how I stay sober and how I stay sober is my marriage might fall apart. I'm going to stay sober. I might not get the job I want. I'm going to stay sober. I might get, you know, the, the, whatever. I might get what I want. I'm going to stay sober. It has never been of this is a reward of my sobriety. It, every, every good thing to me is just more headaches, right? <laughs> it really is. And everybody's like looking for all these blessings of abundance. Like right. just more headaches, it's right? also like,
2: who, want, who wants to talk like that? You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> well, start, obviously
0: you, 90% of the 12-step community. <laughs> that's because they think they should.
2: You know, they think they're supposed to, like, talk about gratitude in this way. And that means they're grateful. You know what I mean? But that's not reality. And when Chris died, everybody... Was like, are you gonna relapse? Are you gonna relapse? Are you gonna relapse? I can't believe you're not getting high, and it's oh like, oh, I, I, no, I felt, I, I feel the same way that you feel, which is like, like, and I said it to you then. I said, I, I would, I, I think it would be more likely that I go swimming and breathe underwater than I'm gonna fucking get high at this point. Right. I have, I, I have too much, you know, I have too much abundance, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel, I'm not like, I've got two little kids that like, if I fucking get high. You know, like, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be that guy. I like being the person that pays for dinner and pays for the house and exists and, and makes dopey. And, like, and the truth is, I'm fucking fortunate that, like, I didn't even consider getting high, it didn't pop into my head. Like, I'll watch, you know, that show with Jason Bateman, The Ozarks. Oh, yeah. it's like
3: so good, half, though. <laughs>
2: half of that show is, like, the heroin trade. And, and I think there's something wrong with me. I think I had so many seizures that, like, there's something wrong with my brain. But I'm sitting there watching The Ozarks, and they're talking about heroin. And there's a voice inside my head that says, you know, you used to do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But it's not, like, popping into my head, I wish I was high. I want right. to get high. It's, like, a different life. Like I this know, life, but what I'm, I'm in- saying
0: is I think when people get into only the rewards of their sobriety as if they, they're deserving of it, I don't know how to explain it. I just don't, I, I, I have a lot of abundance in my life cause I worked fucking hard. You no know shit. what I mean? I have a lot of abundance in my life because I fucking take care of business. People, people, and it has nothing to do with my sobriety. I have but friends Bob, that have been sober Bob, for twenty one, one years who have thing, very thing. simple lives and they're but happy I with that. Do
2: shit. I couldn't do shit when I was getting high. I couldn't work at all. I couldn't take care I of myself. I understand. So.
3: Right. <clears throat> right. I mean that's 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 another is, I think I'm relating to you on part of this, and that is that it's not the stuff. But it's the things. I, at first, I it, when I was brand new sober, it was like backing away from the dope and the booze and the life and losing my whole identity because it was the whole of who I was. And now I'm walking, I've am i been walking towards this other life. It's like instead of looking at the dope and backing up, you turn around and, and you're walking a whole nother direction. When people told me when I was brand new sober, they said, man, you've got kids, you've got the brass ring, you've got every reason to stay clean. And I was, I didn't see it. I didn't understand it. But that's that that shift the paradigm shift the shift in thinking that happens some people call it spiritual experience some people call it psychic change but there is a change in the brain where it's just like all of a sudden what wasn't important i mean my first sponsor told me that the reason i had my kids names tattooed on my wrist was so i wouldn't forget that i had kids and you know that it didn't even bother me that he said that because it was kind of true You know, they were in the way and they were a problem. And now I can't. I mean, it's like people go, hey, man, do you want to go here on Thursday night? And it's like, no, Thursday night I spend with Bug. You know, he's eight and we're going to hang out on Thursday night because I'm not going to miss any more of him growing up. That's, but that's, that's part of what happened the way my brain changed. Other things have become important.
0: But, but once you get rid of dope, that gives you the luxury of that. Right. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's this spiritual thing. I think it's like whatever, if somebody can get dope out of their life, they're going to have a lot of energy and a lot of time on their hands. And whatever you're going to do with it, you can sit and watch you porn and jack off in a single apartment and go to meetings and talk about how spiritual you are. Or (laughs) No, I know people that do that. Why is
2: everybody uh, obsessed with you porn? Instead of X Video, X Video <laughs> seems like a much better site. No, we than haven't. Youporn.
0: Well, what you don't Wait. know is, I think "Don't Die, Sacramento" is sponsored by U Porn or something. Is what Mike really?
2: Said. I mean,
3: they're sponsored. And, you know,
2: and, and like, I think they're changing that. We're going to actually
1: talk about that on the next podcast. The guy got I, that was hosting it got arrested.
0: Dave now wants to know how to get dopey sponsored by somebody.
2: <laughs> Motherfucker! I, I have like all these little groups are popping up. Everybody fucking loves dope. <laughs> fucking they put me on these shows like i'm a fucking some dude had me on his show this very nice guy omar pinto he does the share podcast okay he's a nice guy he had me on the show he's like you're a recovery a celebrity in recovery i said omar i just fucking waited tables for 11 hours i don't think you understand my life it's like <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. You know, it's like I just and like I was talking to. uh, You know, Rob Reiner's son, Nick Reiner. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: I was. I was literally just on the phone with Nick Reiner, and and he did "Don't Die, Sacramento" tonight. Oh, he wow. was on "Don't Die, Sacramento" tonight. Nice. And he and and uh, he was texting me, and I called him up, and he goes, "Is this the great Dave?" And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck you!" man. I was like, "It's like this fucking weird." thing. And I, I, he was like, what do you expect? Do you think your life is going to be some fantasy? I said, no, man, I think somebody will give me a hundred bucks so I can advertise their fucking <laughs> <laughs> <or> something. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants me for anything. Uh, <laughs> a condom yeah. ad, anything. Yeah, man. any good ad.
0: So, so it's interesting. I've known that kid and he doesn't know it. And I keep m- waiting to bump into him.
3: I know the so kid and he doesn't so know it. So,
0: I've known him since he was like four years old. Okay. Because Rob's brother Lucas is one of my oldest friends. He he and I made a movie in I don't know in nineteen ninety seven or something, and and what was the movie? I, it's a movie. The bicycle thief is in it, and it, and it's a movie. Interesting movie about Silver Lake and and this you know like how Silver Lake came into being kind of, hmm. and it's you know it's like a Woody Allenist version of Silver Lake. And and so the bicycle thief was in it, and they used all the bicycle thief music. And then, um, you know, and the, I and I was over at Lucas's house at his daughter's birthday, and that little boy who's now a man, who's now a celebrity, sober celebrity.
3: He's not sober. <laughs> he's, he's like Dave. He's he's a sober celebrity <laughs> oh, like Dave. Well, what what are you <laughs> Dave?
0: Whatever Dave is, I'm no, that too.
2: And Dave's Chuck a is that. And Nick, the last thing Nick did, he, I'm on the phone with Nick. I'm on the phone with Nick, and uh, and and uh, Mike texts me, and I said, oh, or Mike calls in, I said, oh, it's Bob Forrest. I gotta go, and uh, and I get off, and I start setting up the computer, and a text pops up, and it's Nick Reiner, and he said tell bob Forrest to lick my balls so that's,
3: that's, <laughs> he does know you
0: so he does he know me you. he does he know me you. <laughs> so that's a, and he knows it's a, what you like it is yes. it's a strange thing i got to get what is he saying that we are we're sober what are we what are we you, you know guys, what
2: you guys are are you guys are sober demigods <laughs> if i'm sober, let me ask you a question bob if you're in are cuz you're talking about there's no there's no spiritual side to your to your view of this thing
0: no, the, not in that I'm supposed to get rewarded for for doing the right thing.
1: I just consider, right. I and, just consider, and, all, it and also, right Dave, that's how he feels tonight.
0: Tomorrow he might not, he, he <laughs> might feel different.
2: Yes. You might feel the spirit tomorrow night. No,
0: I I truly don't. I just don't buy the do good get good, right? I just no, have yeah, never yeah. bought that. That's a that's a Calvinistic Christian Methodist kind of american religion idea that if you are obedient and it's funny elvis is in the cub scouts and i i'm not i'm not getting involved in it because i don't get involved (laughs) in things like that but i was there in the room and the things that they're supposed to do ironically are the tenets of how i live my life right except for obedient like i didn't like that word at fucking all right do you like that word chuck it, chuck it, likes the word
1: it does, obedient. it doesn't
3: bother me i like an obedient dog
0: and that's what i mean that's what happened to you tonight bob you had to go to this boy scout thing no and now was, you're all last fucked week. Up. i'm gonna read them to you these he's are the boy scout all. these are the scout law there's a scout law which is better than 12 step law in my opinion be trustworthy <laughs> be trustworthy be loyal be helpful be friendly <laughs> be courteous be kind be obedient. I want to remove that one.
3: Yeah, but it's for kids.
0: Be kind. It just (laughs) fucked you up, didn't it? Be cheerful. (laughs)
2: Come on, admit it. Be
0: cheerful. Listen, they should replace the 12 steps with this, the scout law. I like it. Be cheerful, be thrifty. Now, I, you know, I I I
2: especially like that law. That would be the the one I would
0: have the hardest time being. That should be number one. (laughs) Be, Be brave, be clean, and be reverent. And then they explained to the kids what reverent was, and it was respectful, mm-hmm. right? And that, I don't know. this, uh, and I. So I'm always amazed that, you know, one million Americans live by this 12-step hocus-pocus, thinking it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever invented, and a guy, Jesus, talked to Bill Wilson and then gave it to them so that they can have a condo in Laguna. It's fucking crazy. You know take out
3: obedience and make it yours.
0: This is... This is the Scout Law. This was around before AA, and it's a beautiful way to live.
3: I so, like it. I like the sound. I think it's you. better than the Four Agreements. I think you should pass that <laughs> on to Adler. Oh, if Stephen Adler wrote <laughs> oh, this, oh, he was he on would, the poster too. He would, by the way,
0: it would blow his mind. Have you heard? It was Stephen on Dopey.
2: He was recently on Dopey. Did you
0: hear the Four Agreements, my friend? He he didn't bring up. He's the not four into the Four Agreements anymore.
2: No, he no. is. He is. I was watching TV. And, like, I texted, I texted him, I heard you want to come on Dopey, and he texted me back. He said, let's talk right now, brother. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I was, like, watching TV, and I was on some show. They mentioned the Four Agreements randomly. And he goes, have you ever read this book, The Four Agreements? And I was like, dude, it was just on the TV show I was watching. <laughs> That's God.
0: And, um, that is God working in your life. But
2: when I, the last time I went to treatment, uh, they, made, they, they made me read The Four Agreements. And I gave the book to my estranged partner, who I'm with again now, thank God. And we managed to have a kid. And she was very impressed with the Four Agreements. So the Four Agreements are so very helpful. There anyway. no,
0: there's no dopey doubt of the Four okay, Agreements the four around agreements. James' house.
2: We'll get you booty. <laughs> Yeah, well, it 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 put it put me back in the house. It was it was a it was a very helpful tool. It showed is that forg- I was Is
0: forgiveness part of the four agreements? No,
2: but dude, I don't know anything. I like the Scout Law. I like to be.
0: Scout So I'm mm-hmm. living my life. I don't use no matter what, and I live by the Scout Laws, except for obedient and sometimes thrifty.
2: Is that fair <laughs> enough to say? <laughs> I, I am I am not particularly obedient either, but I'm learning obedience in my relationship. <laughs> like, I, and in, in my relationship and in AA, I like, it, it turns out that when I need to be told what to do, like, or else I'm totally fucked. You know what I mean? Like, and I found that when I, when I wasn't sober and I had no fucking idea of what I was doing, when I went back and they said, try to take some suggestions. And it was the first time in my life I said, okay, I'm done. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it, you know? And I did what they didn't said. They start,
0: didn't they start with don't drink and use? Wasn't that... Yeah, the, that was,
2: yeah, yeah. that was the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a really important one. <laughs> like that's, my, that's That gets forgotten about seven months down the road when we're getting all spiritual. That's why I'm saying so many people relapse. I think that people forget. I had to do this thing where a bunch of my... Not a bunch, but a half dozen of my clients had long-term sobriety, and then they relapsed, and then they died, right, over like a three-year period of time. And they were in my home group, and we were all kind of, you know, just kind of floored at at what had kind of transpired over a three-year period of time. And I had to go back and ask some elders that I really respected, like, what is it about this generation, which is my generation, the late baby boomers, early Gen Xers, that we just don't, stay long-term sober there was people they were getting eight to 14 years sobriety and using again right Mm. and and they just said uh one old guy that I, i has passed away now said the greatest thing he said when people drink again it's because they forget that they're powerless over alcohol right so i never wanted to forget that i'm powerless over alcohol so you I do the per- you do the first step perfectly. That's then they say that all
1: the time. In- I do
2: say that all.
0: People time. died. It's because they didn't have a sponsor, <laughs> they didn't go to enough meetings, or they didn't do this, or they weren't well, grateful enough. That happens enough.
3: every time someone goes out. They, they compare themselves out. It's like, well, I've got all the bases covered. I'm doing everything right. They didn't do this. They didn't have a sponsor. Yeah, why do
0: people? Why do people do that? Because psychologists it, tell us. us. I, I'm
3: not a psychologist. <laughs> I'm barely uh, a counselor. Chuck yeah <laughs> tell
0: us why people do that
3: why because then it's not going to happen to me you stop doing but it now, can obviously you stop happen to, to that's meetings, what's so
0: scary it, if it, i don't stay focused it can happen to me
3: that's why that's why working with new people is vital for me that's why so i don't forget where i come from because i hear them talk and whenever they say something really stupid it's something i would have said or something i'm thinking
0: you know what you want to know something really funny when i was newly sober i saw a guy speak who i thought had like five years and he said, "I've realized through this program that there is, that there that I've been trying to fill an infinite hole with finite things, with with what people think of me, with sex, with with uh, uh, food, food, with wealth, with whatever. And it was the most. It was like I had never heard that in my life. I took that away from there. That meeting was at uh, at uh, Fountain of Fairfax. I." Just thought about it for months and years. Like, and I would always come back to it. Like, I'm trying to fill an infinite hole with finite things. Whenever I would get myself into depression or a funk or a breakup or whatever, I would just always come back to that. Years later, the guy who said it is in my detox unit. Hmm. And I said, dude, years ago, you said something so profound. He didn't, A, he didn't remember saying it. B, he told me when we tried to figure out what meeting it was that he was the speaker at, he only had six months sobriety, right? And I took it away like, this is the most profound thing I've ever heard. Now, fast forward 20 years, the funniest thing in the world. It's on right now on the dopey uh, 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 Instagram or whatever page. There's a picture of what's his name? The English comedian.
3: Russell Brand. Russell
0: Brand saying the same thing twenty years later, like he wrote it, and it says uh, attributed to Russell Brand.
2: Yeah.
3: I, I like that. It's,
2: it's on. It's on, the, it's on. It's on. the Dopey Nation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, you know it's, how
0: they put up these uh, these slogans, right? But it's but it's given this. He thought of it. I heard it before he was born. How could it, how could that
3: be? <laughs> not, he's, not 20, he? he's not twenty. He's not twenty years Brand old. Is,
2: Russell Brand is a very powerful thinker, though. Maybe he time traveled <laughs> and planted the thought in Good his dude. Good point. Youth. That is point. Maybe, true. Point or day. maybe he was this dude. He was. Oh, he meditated. became him. He became he's, him. You know,
3: sometimes Russell, he sometimes he's almost hypnotic with the way he's able to talk and the way he's able to make uh, counterpoints and the way he. I like
0: how he's able to minimize he's good. his
3: shortcomings. He's good. He, well, he's does he have it?
2: it? He doesn't have it. He's Russell
3: Brand. Like, that guy
0: is like Russell Simmons. Or we Russell haven't. Russell seen, Brand? We haven't seen Russell him. Simmons or Russell Brand. We I think been. you just did a Freudian tape and said for Russell Simmons.
2: Did I say Russell Simmons?
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we I don't know. Well, n- uh, none of us will ever listen to this. But when? I think you said Russell Simmons. <laughs> yeah, none of us <laughs> will.
2: When, we, when, when me and Chris went to Artie Lang's apartment, uh, was
0: like, there Chris some tinfoil there?
2: We didn't see any, but Chris. But <laughs> you one were looking.
0: Thing about, you were looking.
2: I was looking for everything. There was no TV. There was water on every surface, and it was very cold. And Chris brings up Russell Brand to Artie, and Artie says, "Why? Why'd they use him to remake Arthur? What the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, like months later, it occurs to me that Artie's name is Arthur, and maybe already wanted to play the (laughs) does oh that would have
0: been so much
2: better it would have been insane
3: tell me (laughs) that
2: wouldn't have been the fucking how about
0: this how about this we all in the back of our minds in the fog foggy dark closet of our minds know that russell brand was in the remake of of arthur but we can't remember who the girl is I have no idea of who the girl is. I've seen it on cable and it gets boring for 20 minutes. And I turn to another channel. But, but, no, hold on. but Let when me you think, for think a about, second. about <laughs> Arthur, Arthur, Arthur was, it. it was Liza Minnelli, baby. Oh,
3: yeah. oh. Yeah.
0: who plays the Liza Minnelli character in Arthur? Yeah, you gotta I don't, I, I don't It's got to be the most forgettable
3: role. Well, that's not nice to her.
2: <laughs> well, I can't remember. <laughs> There like, was, there's no reason
0: he? to
1: remake Arthur, anyways.
2: Anyway, is there a yes, better to make Christopher Cross song than the best? No, that you can it's do, so Arthur's good. Th- yeah. It is so good. What a
3: song. It, it, and, it and says, and Christopher Helen's, Cross in general. Who,
0: who played? The, it says
3: Helen Marin, Jennifer Garner. Did Jennifer Garner do it? Jennifer Garner, yeah, is Jennifer the, Garner, the
0: most forgettable actress in the history of mankind.
3: Well, I just pulled that out out of my head. She played
2: here. the worst version of Electra in Daredevil that you could possibly invent. How could she play? You know Elektra? why?
0: Why? You know this isn't to get real nasty. I'm just fascinated by. Like I heard that uh, Sean Penn has a TV show, right? And some new he? TV show that he's got right. Like I want to watch it. Sean Penn's a movie star. Sean Penn is an outlaw. Sean Penn is scary. Sean Penn is scary looking. <laughs> She's Sean a, Penn is oh, fucking amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Here yeah. we go. Bob's got
1: a thing against right. Sean Penn. He has. He, no, years. I don't.
0: It's, he's amazing.
1: He's okay. a
2: star. Mike it sounds like he likes Sean Penn. I, I don't know. It does Penn. sound like you.
1: I know he is not always like Sean Penn. <laughs> okay, but wait a second. Where were you going? On, where were Bob. you going with it?
3: Let's I, get Let's well, get where you're going. There's
0: a difference between a star and Jennifer Garner who I've never seen in a movie ever. All I see her is in on lipstick commercials
2: on television. What was Jennifer What was Jennifer Garner's breakthrough role?
3: I have no idea. You know what? There was a good movie called like 13 going on 30 or 30 going on 13 or something where she time traveled. I don't want to make
0: this about Jennifer Garner. It's about all these people, her ex-husband, the Damons, all these fucking idiots. They're not movie stars, not like Sean Penn or Johnny Depp or Leonardo DiCaprio. And yet we act like they are. It's just fascinating to me how lower our standards are as to what a movie star is.
2: Well and But you know, I would put Matt Damon over Leonardo DiCaprio. Goodwill hunting. great he's great. Matt Damon? Yeah. No, yeah, 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 you're great.
3: Yeah. Didn't right. he have a
0: hamburger reality TV show?
2: matt damon
0: yeah no no
3: that was the the walbergs, the, walbergs. the walbergs i get
0: them all confused they're all, the same. Bob, they're you're all the, the same
2: you have the you just totally discredited yourself <laughs> you're, you're
0: like a, Wal, you're, because they're
2: both from boston that's why because they're both from fucking southie boston guys. knock
1: off that talk because i'll have to edit it all out because it could be clients <laughs> in the future for you well, some of them have been <laughs>
2: Well, there you go,
0: but that doesn't—that doesn't stop my cultural
2: ranting, um, right? I think Jen, Jennifer Garner is very attractive. <laughs> like I've always admired her beauty from afar, wherever wow. I've been. I thought she was very attractive. Uh, I
0: and, get, and, I get it, and I watched the lips. That's commercial. good you, that, you, I, added, I, that, you I, added that. You added
2: that. You know, thing.
1: you
0: know what? You know what? I'll tell you about her. I know that she's a good, caring mom. Why is that not more important? It is. But can it, I tell you a funny story an, about? Not in America. It's not.
2: Can I tell you a funny story about Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, yes, yes. I'm at my restaurant.
0: Of course, I knew it. Can can we say it, or do we need to bleep it?
2: Well, if you want to say it, you can say it. I am wearing the shirt. I'll just
0: say it. It's the greatest deli in New York. I've gone there for years thirty eight years. Go.
2: We can say it rhymes with ratses. Um, <laughs> but so so I'm there and, and then and there's Leonardo DiCaprio with his little entourage, you know, a couple of very tough looking guys. And I don't even see Leonardo DiCaprio. Like he blends. Like this yeah. dude fucking he's like Teflon. He just he's you can't even see him. He's so used to being seen, he like vibrates and you can barely see him. And he's wearing <laughs> but he's standing there in daylight but you can barely see him. Is he blurry? He's got, like, He's got a beard.
0: He's got a beard and a baseball cap.
2: No, he's got an old man hat. He looks cool as hell. And I'm like, holy. And then someone calls me over, one of the Dominican guys. He's like, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was like, holy shit. Because that morning I had gotten the dopey cards printed, the fresh dopey cards. And I was like, motherfucker, I'm giving one to Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't give a shit. And I went and I go up to Leonardo DiCaprio. I went, hi, Hi, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> my, my, name's, my name's Dave, and I do this stupid podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. It's called Dopey. Uh, would you check it out? And he holds his hand out. He goes, yeah, sure, thanks. And he takes the Dopey card, and he puts it in his pocket. And I was like, wow, that was weird and i told chris and chris is like no way leonardo dicaprio took a dopey card but it was like this big thing it's <laughs> a
3: big day wow and
2: then and then chris had this friend who was insane he, i think he's in the streets now and chris told his friend that story and he told his friend that, that i thought of leonardo dicaprio like he was teflon and now and then his friend decided he wanted to be teflon and he went into some manic episode where he was and you couldn't see him he's like i'm leonardo dicaprio now <laughs> because, because of the story it's just very weird how these things happen well it's yeah. all
0: but it's all down I, you know
2: the, but the other thing though that, that you were saying that i just want to say it chris you know had a great program uh he had gotten into a, a Psy, you know a d which yeah, is a yeah. phd well, in psychology and slowly but surely he started trading all of his meetings for classes. On Dopey, he started trading all of his great recovery psychobabble for actual school psychobabble. And his program got replaced with his program at school. And, and weeks before he died, he said, I haven't been to a meeting in months. Yeah. You know, it is that story. You know, it is the story of what you st- that?
0: But isn't that forgetting that you're powerless over alcohol? I mean, I just get back to the what is the thing that people forget? It just becomes not important.
1: They forget the condition they were in when they came in, broken and fucked up, okay? That's the first thing. And then also we're triggered by like, you know, uh, we're, relapses are triggered by doctors prescribing us pain pills sometimes, you know? Yeah, you can just
0: or that, that will doctors. open
1: up the obsession again, you know? And it's all about the obsession. And I don't know if you disagree with me or not, but I don't think it has anything to do with spiritual. I just think it has to do with if you are obsessed and you haven't lost the obsession, you're going to use again. If you're constantly thinking about how you can use, and if you are opened up
0: by I don't a, think that's how people think. I just think that they think that they're over a certain stage of their disease. And I just think that you're not. I think you're constantly in that state, and you just delude yourself to think you're not.
3: Well, how's this for, for, for a Christian euphemism? I, that's my cross to bear. I mean, I understand that. And I've known that since that's, that's my, that's my, you know, that's my big thing. I don't have, I, I know what my biggest problem is. And that is that I cannot drink or use safely, appropriately. I have substance use disorder. Yeah, I use it disorderly. And it doesn't matter how long I've been clean before. I put together a year, several times, you know, and then I'll go back to it because I do. I want to do it because I. it's an, it's so annoying and, think, and so I frustrating people
0: with time uh, and people w- using want to know what is the the key to it all and i think always remembering that you you don't want to fucking use I, I i just i think it's that simple i think a client of mine said, who had relapsed and spent a million and a half dollars on rehab all over the u.s kind of like chris was probably in los Angeles at the same time as chris came to me one night because i did tuesday aftercare and he got there early and he was sitting in the group room and he said bob I've, and this guy is like uber rich uber uber educated everything that chris was right and he just said bob you know what i've learned and i think is is essential and i said what and he goes to keep it this simple sober good loaded bad like a neanderthal Right. And I I remember this is a guy with a, you know, with a fortune, runs a Fortune 500 company, like comes from wealth, established even more wealth, you know, sky's the limit type person. And and all that rehabs and Hazelden and Betty Ford and all that stuff had been so highfalutin. And he came to Los Angeles, and me and Dr. Drew just tell him, like, I don't know what to tell you. you. You know, you're probably I just kept telling him, I don't even know why you're here. You you know everything. You've already been to the greatest rehabs and you wanna argue about everything, then why be here? Just go home.
1: The talking and the conversation just sometimes drives you crazy and you you really just have to break it down to don't use no matter what. Yeah. You know, and, and you do that all the time.
0: Done. Uh, No, you don't hear it all the time. You hear about God and about the steps and about sponsors and about psychology and about medicine and you hear all You can get up and walk
1: out like I do. No, I know,
0: but but if you're new, you know, you're that's what you're gonna hear rather than don't use no matter what, come back tomorrow. We're here at noon. That's what that's what used to be the consistent mantra of the 12-step community. It was very simple, it was precise. And now it's very vague and abstract and it's working less effectively and people are repulsed by it. So it, the people in it can either recognize that and get back to the basics, back to what got them sober, or they can continue to, to psychobabble and psychoanalyze and, and do what they're doing. And I believe by the year 2050, AA will not exist. My children will not have to be forced to go to it. Uh, there will be something disagree, else.
2: Well, there's we, a million we, other things. I, I'm finding like I was never so vested you know, I never had a show on recovery. I've, I've always been a drug addict. You know, now that I have this show and I have this you know platform or whatever, I'm hearing from all these people, and I'm hearing from so many people who like they say they're in recovery, but they drink, or they say they're in recovery and they smoke weed. and, right. I'm just, and, right. like, and, like, and I feel bad that I'm just like, you're not in recovery. You know well, what I mean? Like, well, and let's, I, let's be like a little more open-minded.
0: That. Why are they doing that? Because they're not getting what, what it is that, that I got from going to 12-step meetings. I mean, th- that so left to your own devices if 12-step meetings don't work. Here, here, Mike, for you. Next time you go to a meeting, you know, look around the room and see how many people are under 35 and how many people are over 35, and that will tell you the future of Alcoholics Anonymous
1: right okay so you talking about this and me talking about this and dave talking about this and chuck talking about this is changing things I, that's what i hope i hope that we okay. can
0: regain and get and you back have to the to basics. Have faith
1: that somebody is going to change this shit
0: i have faith in young people but they seem i they spoke seem... at a meeting and fucking told
1: i told them exactly what you have been talking about this whole time, because you have convinced, <laughs> because you have convinced me that people but wait, have to wait, change Wait, Mike, it. I changed my mind this morning. <laughs> I know, but you know what I'm talking about. I was mm-hmm. like, dude, this has to fucking it change. Has to you evolve. can't run. You can't run people out, man. The danger of them dying is is great. You have to fix the boat so that it can
0: get to the port
1: so that it can be saved so it doesn't
0: sink. There you go. In the 1980s, when the explosion of rehabs and drug drug addiction in America that brought a wave of people into AA, which is me, Mike, all my friends, all the rock and roll people, right? AA evolved and allowed us to talk about psychologists and they didn't shout us down. They didn't insist. Like at first, there was a couple of people, if you're going to say addicts. No, they clapped. They, they clapped. They clapped. But, but when it, we used to, because we went to rehabs, and the rehabs told us we were addicts and alcoholics. So when we identified it, AA means we'd say, I'm Bob, I'm an addict alcoholic. And they would, they, these gentle, fun guys that were in their 60s at the time, which is what I am now, almost, they'd <laughs> say, good. they'd say, two bucks. Two bucks. If you got two diseases, you owe two bucks in the kitty. That's all they would say. They wouldn't tell me, don't come to this meeting. You know what I mean? AA in Southern California evolved and allowed, allowed for us, this new generation of people, to come in here and talk about our relationships and, and psychobabble and our therapists and all this. And now that is poison to the new generation who doesn't, who rejects all of that. It's the same thing, and we as the elders need to allow them to be there and say, I don't know, you know, a lot of the kids, they don't think marijuana is a drug, which is fine, or or they can smoke marijuana and come to AA meetings. I said when it came up in in the group that I was going to at the time about eight years ago, I you know they had a business meeting and all the people were upset that these people are coming and saying they're sober and they're smoking pot. And I said, they're admitting they're smoking pot. That's a beautiful thing, A. B, I don't see anything in the Alcoholics Anonymous book that says you can't smoke pot. Right? In, and be a, be a, all you have to have is a desire to stop drinking and that they're describing. They don't ever want to drink again. They just want to be Willie Nelson the question being uh, of that elder generation that held the the court of AA in the 80s and early 90s were they really sober because my experience has been they were on benzos the whole time
3: yeah they, uh, was, there a was a, a volume of, deficiency a lot of the, in uh, AA a lot and I
0: I don't want to get caught up in some sort of political correctness but a lot of a lot of the sober women were on benzos and they were told by their doctors that they're sober they're not drinking and they believed it, and that what's the difference? Why does it matter to everybody? Right? What you're trying to do is get people to not die, not be, be productive members of society. And as a society, you said, you know, we've seen people smoke marijuana all the time and be productive members of society and be good parents and whatever. You, you know, 10 years ago, if you admitted to smoking pot, you could get your children taken away from you. And we've evolved as a society, but we haven't evolved as a twelve-step organization. I don't understand it.
2: I don't know, though. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't have like I don't know what my opinion about that is. Like I honestly don't know what my opinion about that is. Like like because like, I was a major stoner. You know what I mean? Like I was a major marijuana. Oh, so your
0: focus, your focus, is on the pot thing.
2: It's each individual. No, no, no. no, 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 no. It's, it's not. It's not my focus. I, I find it confusing. But to it's be each honest.
0: individual's choice. To, you know, it, here's the greatest thing about AA. I have no opinion on you. I don't give a fuck. I don't even know your last name. I could care less. Now, if you ask me for help or advice in that, I return the kind of caring. But as long as you're just in a meeting and and you're just sharing your stuff, why should I care about what you say or do? It has nothing to do with me. But constantly, it's all these opinions of what people are sharing and talking. should
2: this? What you should be able to do or shouldn't? I, I mean, I was a heroin addict for for you know almost fifteen years, and I got sober with Chris, and I relapsed on weed during one of the big hurricanes in New York. And Chris, that was good you know,
0: reasons. It, hurricanes are it, it, scary. Oh,
2: and my, and my girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time was a stoner, and I was like, "Fuck it, this is God's will." You want, you oh, there it? you
0: yeah. go. See that God's will? It's so that's, tricky that God's will stuff.
2: So, so Chris was like, great. "Are you still, are you still sober?" And I said, "Well, you know, I don't do dope, but I started smoking pot again." He said to me, um, "He said, Well, Dave, you know, that's fine.' He said if you don't, if you never do dope again or take pills, and your life doesn't get fucked up, good for you.' Right. You know." didn't you know it's like my life got all fucked up right. you know because like how i am understand
3: yeah. that. you're like me I, I would use i know i would use marijuana alcoholically or just as i do any other drug the most of it the strongest as often as i could and it would absolutely would have an interference in my life but i'm not everybody
0: but when i was trapped in the trying to figure out god's will that's where we this all started right i was in a mental ward for 14 days i was locked against my will and then finally, I convinced them to let me go to the chemical dependency unit, which was on another floor in the psychiatric hospital called CPC Westwood. And they put me on the, on the regular ward. I unpacked my stuff, put it all in the drawers, act like I was going to stay. Later that afternoon, I packed it all up and left, right? And I, I'm out at Olympic and Bundy literally in the burning hot sun sitting at the bus bench with like four dollars i'd bought a like 40 ounce budweiser 32 ounce budweiser was drinking it my friend dick pulls up in his in his little capri convertible i literally saw him he didn't see me i jump in the front seat and i looked at him and i said god shot this is a god shot and he was three weeks sober i remember and he goes, oh no, How, where are you coming from? Oh my God, oh my God. And he was so freaked out. And I said, dude, don't fight God's will.
2: It was totally God's will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sorry>. Can't argue <laughs> with that.
1: I don't disagree
3: That's a good story. <laughs> <No. So laughs> everybody dopey.
0: agrees that God's will sometimes is that you get loaded it's not that fucking complicated and the 12-step world makes it all about god and religion and this and that and spirituality and doing the right thing and if you're good you go to enough meetings you don't do it no it's very simple heroin bad sober good junkies are so
1: fucking self-centered man i mean they just like they love to talk about themselves like you'll get a junkie that wants to just talk about his addiction man for hours and hours
0: well, romantic or romanticize it.
1: Fucking shut up and just don't use, like you were saying earlier.
0: You know, from the time, like everybody should do a history. Hazelden does a great job of. When you're in rehab, did you ever go there, Dave? No, oh, no, you only went to like a couple rehabs, right?
2: I went to I went to Renaissance pre Karen, and I went to Mountainside pre Karen, and then I went to every free detox in New York yeah. City. Yeah, did they England. do
0: your dr- drug history? have you write down your autobiography yeah like i did mine in 1988 right was the first time and it was already starting to be i could recognize it as starting to be work and kind of maintenance and a daily grind as opposed to the fun i was having even just two or three years before and i kept using for eight more years as it became just a nothingness no pleasure in it whatsoever just keep doing it, right? So, so, I think that has something to do with like, I don't want to go back to that, no fucking way, no matter what happens.
2: No. Right? No, but the no. kids
0: were counseling and the kids that are walking into the meetings are in the middle of the two years ago where it's working pretty much good. They have fun, they go to EDC, they fucking have sex, they love you. What's EDC? Electric Daisy Carnival.
2: Nice. It's a but what about, what about, what about <laughs> Chris? Chris started using when he was probably 12. You know, he went to treatment for probably, like we did an episode where he, he like figured out that he went to treatment for like six years of his life straight or seven years of his life. <laughs> I, I
0: was a part of five months of that. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and when, And when he relapsed, I can promise you there was not a piece of him that thought he could use drugs safely. He was seeking oblivion. I mean, immediately. I think what Chris what happened to Chris in my my opinion is like he knew the promises, right? And he was living his life and and he had a beautiful girlfriend, he had finished that part of school, he had a nice apartment, he was trusted and he was like all of these promises came true, but what if I had the promises and I could get high at the same time? <laughs> and he and he did not realize that he was going to die. And I don't think he no. cared about going back to treatment. But it was not for a second that he thought he was, he was just using like a normal person. Well, let's, leave,
0: this- it, let's leave it with this. This is something that, that I, another part of my sobriety that's key. I don't think life is uh, this uh, waltzing through the two leaves. Like Mike has a song. What is it called, Mike, where you're dancing through the sunshine or whatever? What's that song you have?
1: It's called Daisies
0: in the Sunshine. Daisies in the Sunshine. I fucking told you.
1: <laughs> God dang it.
0: God damn it.
1: <laughs> it's close. So, we were getting so there. I, it's a fucking good song too, I, man. I,
0: it is a great song. I've never <laughs> felt that, that life is supposed to be that. And the big book says, the one that you all love, uh, <laughs> trudge the road of happy destiny. Trudging is not a pleasant experience. Have you ever trudged? Have you ever looked up the word? You, Dude, yeah, I trudge see? all day. I trudge all fucking day. <laughs> right? It's not okay. a happy thing.
3: I, I'm, I like to sachet. Sachet Trudging is overrated.
2: Skip. Sydney, I'd love to, to skip. see you guys skipping and sacheting through Rats' Deli. I assure <laughs> you it doesn't happen. There is no trudging like my fucking trudging. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sure so, so, you're a
3: champ. So, I'm sure. so Chuck, right off the uh, bat,
0: you're promised something that isn't all that great. But it's right. way better than where you're coming from. And right. this abundance, kind of evangelical fervor that has entered the last ten or fifteen years, where you're going to get all your dreams, you're going to be rocketed through the fourth dimension. I have enough trouble with this three-dimensional hurricane nightmare that is life. Let alone another dimension of it. <laughs> what other horrors are in there? <laughs> like I don't want it. That's uh no man. Where yeah. do you, where is the dope in New York anymore? It's not the Lower East Side anymore. Where is it?
2: You could get it. You could get it in the Lower East Side. You can get it on Avenue D. You uh-huh. can get it. You can get it. You know, really in Manhattan, you call it up. You know, you, you don't have Craigslist. Yeah, do they Craig's still list.
0: do the thing where
2: they lower it down in a bucket? No,
0: Sometimes. that was only when they were so dangerous. <laughs> that
2: was only. That was that was in the fucking Sid and Nancy movie. Yeah. Basquiat no, movie. that was <laughs> me and Bob
1: scoring yeah. down in fucking Avenue A and B. No, but I'm that, was, that own, was the they,
0: early '80s. The early '80s, it was true. Also, they would they would serve you from a second floor because they'd want to be able to escape
2: cops or what I don't sure. know what it was. But I would say I would say ten years ago, I scored dope on Avenue D in a stairwell, just you know, just wanting to prove to my friend that I could still go to a neighborhood and get dope. Yeah, that, you know I mean? but
0: it is sad. <laughs> it is sad. It's good to know that Orange County still has a tried and true Santa Ana. MacArthur Park, which was my stomping grounds, is like a Home Depot now, and it's getting gentrified, and it's it, it's crazy. If you stay sober long enough, you won't even know where to get dope, right? Well, Other than talk to a newcomer and figure out that there's a thing called Craigslist.
2: Well, I think Chris got dope strictly online. You right. You know, Chris was... And that was the other thing that Chuck was saying in terms of, like, you go to rehab and they teach you about drug culture. Like, Chris didn't know anything about fucking Miles Davis or Lenny Bruce or fucking Jimi Hendrix. He didn't know a thing about drug culture, the beat writers. He didn't care. He knew smoking crack before football practice when he was 12 years old. You know, that's Chris was yeah. oblivion. It's a different world. I feel like right. if they teach you drug culture in rehab, aren't you gonna have more of a reason to do drugs? Like it's confusing to me the whole well, idea. No,
0: I try to I try to enlighten kids. Here's here's what I say. I in my generation, the generation before, used drugs to enhance and and push the real the the, the, the concept of, of reality and experience, a human experience. Like we used to shoot Coke and go to the Hollywood sign and stand on the Hollywood sign. It was thrill-seeking. It was adventurous. It was exciting. It was exciting. It was fun. This generation I've been dealing with the most the last five years are doing it from the moment they start it to make the world go away. That's Mm -hmm. a very different motivation, and us as clinicians have to have a very different mindset of how we're dealing with them, and certainly the solution for people like that can't be punitive and sarcastic and belligerent. Because they're not going to tolerate it.
2: But even that thing you said about like loaded, bad, sober, good. Before I was ready for recovery, I would have been like, I don't want the good one. Well,
0: loaded has to be (laughs) bad. See, that's the thing. Loaded has to be bad before that equation makes sense. And so then that's when I don't mind if kids smoke pot, I don't mind if they're on Suboxone anymore, I don't mind if they're on Zubiax, I don't mind if they I just don't want them to die until using becomes bad enough to consider that equation. Sober good. That's smart.
2: I mean that's that's a long term that's a long view, that's a patient view. You know that's not a and you've been doing this forever, you know what I mean? I get very frustrated by Pot smokers saying they're in recovery, and and I and then and then the dopey nation gets mad at me, you know. And Chris was like, <laughs> "Cause, what do you want? cause, half, them, like, cause half of them, because half of
1: them
0: smoke pot."
2: <laughs> well, and the other half. I mean, a lot of our listeners are like are using hardcore, and it's like the fact of the matter is like we have a pretty young audience, and uh, and they're going to meetings for the first time because me and Chris went, and because me and Chris. Said it saved our life. You know what I mean? And like that's a, a, a beautiful thing, you know, that came from this. You know what saved you know what, that's, sa- you know
0: what that's, saved that's my, beautiful. you know what saved my life? People. Yeah. Love. That's what saved my life. Not a program, not a self help organization, not a building, not a not Cry help, not all the institutions that everybody gives credit to. It was people. And some people that didn't even know they were helping me. Like that guy who said, I've been filling an infinite hole with finite things and it doesn't work. That profoundly affected my life to this day. So it's people.
1: Yeah, but the program gave you a diversion, you know? I mean, if anything, it gave you something to try and break down. And I know you, you try and break down everything. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you question everything, and so for a lot of your early sobriety, you were in AA to try and change things and try and. You know, you've constantly been into like disputing well, this I, and disputing. I, I, it. Hell,
0: I, Gloria made you write that whole fucking book part. I just like yeah, block it out. Uh, that was good. No, I do know. Here's what's funny: I've always felt like I do know the big book better than the people who proselytize it. Well, let's wrap it up, Dave. Are you okay?
2: I'm good. My, How are you?
0: My take is Chris used because he forgot. Because uh, he forgot. And it's not a sin to forget. No. It's, it's, it's just it,
3: sad that he died. It's yeah, just it is really sad. sad
0: and, and it could happen to any of us. And that's the strange thing. I, I just, I've watched it a thousand times and I just believe it. You just forget. And if you forget, you're susceptible. And I That's the ever, most important thing. I don't I agree. ever want to forget. No, no Suboxone doctor is going to get me to forget. No drug commercial is going to get me to forget. No religion is going to get me to forget. I know what using is like. I know what not pooping for two weeks is like. I know what vomiting first thing in the morning and then drinking a beer to get the vomit out of your mouth is like. And I don't want that in my life. And I don't want that in my children's life. And I don't want that in your guys' lives. And I think that it is that. I call it cognitive behavioral sobriety. I think it is that simple right and all the rest is just whatever you think and most people are weak-willed and feeble-minded so they think a lot of dumb shit right (laughs) they do they do there's not what's wrong with me and i wish i was weak-willed and feeble-minded it seems so much easier you know what i mean
1: well you put it that way i'm proud of it (laughs) 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 i I am
0: (laughs) <laughs> there you go. i'm so mike, glad mike Mart,
1: that i don't fucking overthink this thing at all man i just know that when i fucking use i rip people off man and i'm in danger of fucking killing myself there you go so that's I exactly
0: like what i said only said by mike mart in the fronting of the way i say it
2: i liked what mike said i, I, support mike. <laughs> I think that was good <laughs>
0: All right. Till next time, you can listen to the Dopey podcast. Go here's how you Great get it. Great to meet you, man. Go on my phone and click on the podcast app, and there they all are, Dopey. It it just comes right
2: in. So, oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> oh and I also wanted to say that you guys did such a fucking your little tribute to Dopey, and you played a couple of bits. It really touched me, and I really appreciate that.
0: That, that was awesome. all, Mike Mart.
2: Yeah, Mike, you, you 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 like Dopey,
1: huh? I love it, man. There you go.
2: Thank you so much. That makes dude, me feel really good. Really
1: nice to meet you, Dave. Hope to meet you in person sometime.
2: Yeah, dude. You have my number. Feel free, uh, and maybe we'll get you on the show, and we'll talk about Chuck's yeah. wife. And get okay. Chuck's yeah. wife off. Hey. You
0: should, have Chuck, you should have Chuck and Mike on, and you yeah. should call Chuck's wife. That And, Chuck, don't, and don't tell her, Chuck.
2: I think we should just do an episode about what it's like to do a podcast with you, Bob. See what they have have to say. Bob Bob won't listen. listen. No, I'll listen to that because I'm not on it. We have to
3: to start early on a Saturday or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take. You're going to have to have a two parter. All right, see you next time. I got to pee. This is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.